a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big brain. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so very much. Very, uh, very hard pressed to get everything into the story, uh, all the news uh, that we need to get to today. Uh, time of the live broadcast actually being April the 18th, 2023. Uh, some of you will be hearing this rebroadcast on WCETFM and uh, the Last Frequency and the Vera Networks. So uh, you're hearing me a day later, but I would imagine most of this is still going to be fairly fresh. Let's... Uh, Look at a few headlines real quick before we address our first sponsor of the day. And then we'll delve into primary topics for the day. Uh, number one, in case you missed it, uh, Fox News decided to settle its defamation case with Dominion. Evidently, somewhere in the neighborhood of $800 million dollars. All supposedly just to spare Rupert Murdoch from having to come to the witness stand. We'll see how that plays out in the end. Seems like an awful lot of money for a case they probably still would have won. Although, 
although they did have legitimate reason to be concerned about it because the judge hearing the case eh, had already established he wasn't exactly unbiased. I'll leave it at that. Production on the movie Rust is now set to resume 18 months after the cinematographer got shot by Alec Baldwin. Uh, yeah, so evidently Alec must feel like he has successfully traversed his legal uh, issues with this, as they will actually move forward. Uh, U.S. government watchdog group says that the HHS chief, Becerra, violated the Hatch Act. Now, it would be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. Clearly, I'm not holding my breath. I'm moving right along. Uh, another headline uh, that uh, certainly worth taking a moment to look at on your own time. New York City now admits that thousands of illegal migrants aren't vaccinated against polio, uh, putting the entire New York City residency at risk. Uh, Senator Manchin of West Virginia, actually back to calling balls and strikes, must be getting close to re-election time. He calls out the EPA's push for electric cars, referring to it as a Trojan horse. You know, a Trojan horse. In an effort to increase the United States' dependence on China. Kind of a big deal there, and uh, actually Manchin's telling the truth again. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez making a headline saying that the New York City mayor should fund community violence prevention programs over raising police wages. Uh, again, AOC proving that she is dumber than she looks, and she doesn't look that bright. Uh, other Big news, uh, real quick. The Senate GOP actually blocked the Democrats' effort to replace Dianne Feinstein on the Judiciary Committee. See, even before Dianne Feinstein's health became an issue, the Democrats got really mad at Feinstein because she was a little too nice to Amy Coney Barrett, if you'll recall. They haven't let that go. They've not forgiven her. They're not going to forgive her. And even if her health was 100%, they would still be gunning for her because she was too nice to a Trump appointee. All right, other headline. Uh, last one I'm going to hit before we uh, talk about our first sponsor for the day. Uh, the Mexican president, Oberon, accused the United States Pentagon of espionage, leaking information to the DEA. Um, well, you know what? If you cleaned up your little narco state down there, buddy, you wouldn't have to worry about our Pentagon sharing intelligence with the DEA. And our DEA wouldn't have to work quite so hard to deal with those issues. But, you know, if you're the Mexican president, you're hungry for attention right now. And it's better to be hungry for attention than it is to just be hungry. Right now, China is going well out of their way to make sure that their people don't go hungry. They are hoarding massive amounts of food. Soon, 
they'll have two-thirds of the world's corn supply, over half of the world's rice reserves, and pretty close to half of the world's wheat. One China expert says, quote, they, of course, will never admit to something like that, meaning that they lie, and they lie a lot. They're not going to be forthcoming about how much they've actually gotten. So we can expect that the estimates that we have available are probably pretty conservative. Now, on the lower end, meaning China could have considerably more than the ridiculously large amounts that they're already being estimated. So ask yourself the question, very important question, what does China know that the rest of us don't? Well, I can tell you, my friend, that when it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. They are the world's number one, number uno food importer. They literally depend, depend on the rest of the world to feed their people. So they can't afford to make any mistakes. They're going to do whatever's necessary to make sure that they have enough food to at least handle the bare minimum needs of their people and making sure that the CCP is well taken care of. So you may ask, Tim, what does that actually mean to average everyday Americans like you and me? Once again, you will hear me say this phrase. Two words, my friend. Food shortages. And that's why it's a really good idea right now to stock up on kits of the best-selling Four Patriot Survival Food. You can create your own stockpiles with a ton of different variety. Uh, these are the best-selling Four Patriot Survival Food kits. They are hand-packed in the U.S. of A. The kits are compact and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. They're rated, rated to be good for up to 25 years. And they have a ton of five-star reviews uh, where folks are absolutely raving about the flavor. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4 Patriots Survival Food by typing in code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, at checkout. Just go to 4 use the code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase of 4 Patriots Survival Food. That's the number 4, Patriots.com. Use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout to get that 10% off. And that 10% is good for everything in the store everything and oh yeah by the way just as a uh, just as a brief mention my patriot power sidekick arrived earlier today i have not had a chance to to do anything with it other than unbox it and make sure that everything is there i'm going to be trying it out over the next several weeks and i will be telling you about my experience with the patriot power sidekick one of the great many things that you can get. Now, if you would like a little more information about it, uh, first of all, you can simply go to 4 and you can look under their power and solar section. And uh, then the Patriot Power Sidekick is one of the first things that will pop up that you'll see there. 
It is a mini solar generator that only weighs 8 pounds, and I can confirm it is uh, right about 8 pounds. Mine feels just a little heavier than 8 pounds, but yeah, right about 8 pounds. And uh, while it's not designed to operate a whole lot of different things, it's essentially a battery. It's just a, an oversized battery that has a multitude of ways that you can utilize it. Uh, it's pretty cool from what I've seen. It does come with the solar panel that you can use to charge it. But you don't have to use the solar for charging it up in the first place. Uh, you have a 100% satisfaction guarantee that comes with it. Uh, it is just... It's really, really cool. Uh, it has uh, USB plug-ups. It has uh, standard AC plug-ups. Uh, you can use it to, to charge up your cell phones or tablets, laptops, computers, medical devices, uh, smaller GPS units, LED lights. You can operate TV and DVD players off of it. Uh, you can keep powered up your Wi-Fi routers and hotspots if you can hook those up directly. Uh, electric power tools if you need to, a mini fridge, uh, lights, uh, you know, just a ton of things that'll work on it. Uh, it's it's going to be really interesting. I'm going to, uh, after the show's over, I'm going to work on getting it at 100% charge. And then I'm going to try it out for a few weeks and test all the different features. And I'll let you guys know how that works out because that's where we're at, boys and girls, for Patriots is a great sponsor. And now I'm getting to try some of the... I also got uh, a uh, sample packet of some of the foods, and I'll be trying that as well. But, uh, you know, that's just stuff to let you know about, right? All right, let's jump in, shall we? Uh, we've been talking long enough uh, about uh, side items. Let's get to the actual show. You know, I really would have thought by now the folks in Loudoun County, Virginia, would have learned their lesson about how they're dealing with the school system. But based on coming across this news story, I'm guessing maybe they still have it. Now, here's the thing. And I, I say this facetiously because we both know, you, me, everybody and their grandmother, you know, the left's never going to back down. They're not going to back off. They're just going to try to go quiet and hope you stop noticing what they're doing. They're going to try to not be so obvious about things, but it's hard for them to hide their multi-million dollar projects going on, and that's what's happened here. The Loudoun County, Virginia public school systems are literally spending just shy of $11 million to renovate the bathrooms at two high schools to make them co-ed in an attempt to stop transgender students from feeling left out. Now, we are literally coming up on the anniversary of two years. Two years since a boy wearing a skirt brutally raped a ninth grade girl in a bathroom. One of the high schools... One of the high schools, Broad Run High School, the high school where the boy that brutally raped the girl in the bathroom was then transferred to quietly. And there at Broad Run High School, he abducted and sexually assaulted a girl in a classroom. Again, reminder, this was after 
Loudoun County Public Schools quietly moved him over there after he was arrested for the bathroom rape at the other school. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and still tried to lie about it at PTA meetings, arrested the father of the first girl, uh, all this other things to push their trans agenda forward, which they're still doing. Now, co-ed bathrooms is the idea. I mean, I could almost see maybe being able to get away with co-ed bathrooms for kindergartners and first graders, the, the folks that are well, well, far away from puberty kicking in and there being an issue. But co-ed bathrooms in high schools? And again, only, only so that our transgender students don't feel left out. First of all, I really, really need to know, is there some unusually large population of transgender students in Loudoun County? Does Loudoun County, Virginia have an unusually large percentage of transgender students? Uh, enough to actually justify spending a dollar, let alone nearly $11 million, to renovate their bathrooms in order to make them co-ed, just to put an extra layer of contention. I mean, it really is. Just we're, we're how many years removed from the accusations of a war on women? Uh, supposedly conservatives were, were fighting it. And, you know, a few non-conservatives that happened to stick an R at the end of their name. Folks like Mitt Romney, for example, supposedly engaging in this war on women. Uh, and yet we see from the left now what's clearly an actual war on women. This is another step in that. Excuse me. Do high school girls not deserve to have a, a bathroom of their own, locker rooms of their own, places where they can just simply not have to worry about some guy walking in? I mean, it was bad enough when they wanted to play the games with the transgender students. If you actually had somebody suffering from gender dysphoria and actually feel like, well, I... I really do identify as the other sex, they're probably not going to cause much of an issue. Now, again, you have to have that be genuine. It can't be somebody who just decides to put a skirt on and then uh, accidentally thrust their penis into uh, their girlfriend at the time, but not their girlfriend after the assault anymore type of situation. We're looking at $10.9 million, just a little shy of $11 million in renovations in two high schools. And it's a pilot for a, a change that the school board's considering making at all of the schools in Loudoun County School. In order to make the teenage girls more comfortable sharing a bathroom with boys... The stalls would be floor to ceiling, preventing anyone from seeing who's in the bathroom or what they're doing. I'm sorry, I'm still not feeling a lot of safety here, guys. Ooh, I'm locking myself into a stall, and now I hear deep voices outside. How long do I have to stay in this stall and wait till I feel it's safe to come out? And what if it's a trick? In order to make these teenage girls 
more comfortable. How about they not have to share a bathroom with boys? How about that? I mean, forget about their comfort level. What about their safety? Again, while you guys were pushing your trans agenda, while we're transing the kids and, you know, whether the kids are actually trans or not, we let them cosplay that they are. And there's already been rapes in our schools, and that's been uh, pretty well documented at this point, despite our multiple denials. But we're going to pretend like, you know, just like we were pretending before, that it's not, not a thing that's happened. It hadn't happened. There's no reason to think it would. There's no reason. These are the people who are supposed to be smarter than us, guys. They're supposed to be the intellectuals. They're supposed to be our betters. Better at being delusional. They got us to be there. <sighs> Unbelievable. So, according to documents from the March 14th school board meeting, got a look that, uh, got to see what these uh, stalls might look like. Uh, they really are ceiling to floor. It looks almost more like just going into a closet. Is <laughs> kind of the way it looks. Anyway, a grand jury investigating the school system's handling of the aforementioned rape, and which involved, uh, it resulted in the indictment of the superintendent. Well, you know the guy that lied about the rape occurring and lied about there being any evidence that anything like that had even remotely happened and had the father arrested at school board because, you know, he was constantly interrupting him. Yeah, that guy, he's been indicted for allegedly, allegedly lying when he said the school system had no record of bathroom sexual assaults, despite the fact that they did. And there's no way he didn't know. So I'm not sure how you allegedly lie here. But, you know, journalistic standards and all. We'll, we're supposed to have presumption of innocent until proven guilty. Well, dude's been caught red-handed. That's enough proof for me. I'm not uh, a jury or a judge. I'm just a guy commenting on the reality. Anyway. This grand jury that's investigating the school system's handling of the rape found that during the rape in Stonebridge High School's girls' bathroom, a staff member walked in and the gap under the stall door allowed her to see that multiple people were in it. However, the teacher did nothing. Despite coming in to the stall, while the girl was lying on the floor with the boy on top of her and realizing that there were two people in there. The grand jury uh, report said, quote, she testified that this was not an uncommon occurrence because somebody could have their period. They might need a tampon or somebody might have a boyfriend they had a fight with. Okay, now, somebody pause a minute. That I'm calling a timeout. What? 
this is an uncommon occurrence. I'm all of a sudden seeing a very important new reason not to have stalls with doors that go from floor to ceiling, because that's just going to make it easier to conceal any consensual activity and certainly any non-consensual activity that might be going on within the stall. When you could see that something was going on, nothing was done to stop the rape. What's going to happen now? Oh, now, Tim, you're being preposterous. Now that they'll have privacy and can feel comfortable, uh, that the, the hormonal effects of teenage children, uh, that's just not a thing, Tim. Stop with your crazy, conservative, ridiculous conspiracy theories. Yeah, uh, if that's a conspiracy theory, we should all be wearing tinfoil hats. I mean, we do remember what it's like when the hormones really start kicking in, right? Let me read to you again what she testified. It was not an uncommon occurrence. Now, again, the teacher saw that the girl was lying on the floor with the boy on top of her. Okay, now, again, this is the image. Girls in the floor, boys on top of the girl. Not an uncommon occurrence. What the hell is going on in this uh, high school, boys and girls? I mean, every time these people open their mouths, we can find out a little bit more. It sounds like it was a lot worse than we thought it was before, and we already knew it was pretty daggum bad, right? Not because somebody could have their period. Uh, what? What would? What aspect of having your period would require you to be laying on the floor and have somebody on top of you? Mm, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to raise my hand and I'm going to have to ask that question out loud. I already did without raising my hand. I apologize. They might need a tampon. What did you think that the guy was trying to help to apply the tampon uh, in a strange thrusting motion? I, what are we talking about here? Where somebody had a boyfriend they had a fight with? Again, you're going to allow them to beat their girlfriend or ex-girlfriend or soon-to-be ex-girlfriend or whatever it might be, whether well, they had a fight, and just be on top of them? I, I, I mean, seriously, the excuses are worse than just saying, well, it looked like they were having sex, and I don't get paid enough to interfere. That, that is still an unacceptable answer, but at least that doesn't sound anywhere near as bad as these lame excuses. Because this makes it sound like not only is there sexual assault going on under our noses, but it's going on quite often, quite frequently. Uh, not necessarily assault, sometimes very much consensual, even though we shouldn't be allowing the children to be having sex in the bathrooms. But we're going to allow uh, physical abuse to occur as well, and we're going to pretend like it may be something else so that legally we're not on the hook, except that you are. Or should be, you're supposed to be responsible for these children when they're in your care, period. 
And I'm sorry, just because it might not have been your class doesn't mean you get to stand back and say, not my monkeys, not my circus. It is your circus. You work in the school. What kind of crazy excuse was it? Anyway, the rapist himself. The guy who was randomly wearing skirts and saying, I occasionally feel like a girl. The guy himself suggested that the Loudoun County Public School officials routinely turned a blind eye to multiple people in stalls saying they usually don't do anything. According to the grand jury, they said they usually don't do anything about it. This is the testimony. And so now you're going to go from regular stalls that are a bit closer to the ground than the average public restroom, and you're just going to close it up completely? This is a solution somehow? This is going to make it better? Now, Virginians, for common sense, they tweeted out that the design that the far-left school board members have boasted would offer complete privacy would also provide complete opportunity for misconduct. Well, gee, no kidding. It, quote, enables assault and drug use and provides no escape route. It's also less sanitary, according to the tweet. There would be no urinals, leaving teenage girls to share a toilet with the same toilets that were used by the boys. Oh, no, how terrible. Also provides slower detection slash response to unconscious patrons. Patrons? We're using the word patrons now for high school students in a high school bathroom. I, I mean, I don't know if they were just going for the triple word score uh, in their Scrabble game or what, but it doesn't seem like the best uh, word usage on this one. Last year, just across the Potomac River from Loudoun, over at Montgomery County, Maryland, two girls were found passed out in the high school bathroom, while a third girl overdosed on fentanyl and was revived with Narcan after being discovered. Spanish-language media quoted a student at the school who said the drugs in the bathroom, quote, you will see that every day, basically, in every bathroom. I just, I don't know where these people's heads are at. Now, there's a lot more to the story, and I simply don't have time to keep going on and have opportunity to get to today's other stories. So, you know, it's easy enough to look into it if you want to. Uh, I invite you to follow. If you haven't come across the story on your own, feel free to, to check out my social media feeds. I shared this one on all of them but Twitter. I'm not 100% why I didn't put it up on Twitter, other than the fact that I just didn't have it pulled up. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to read more about it, please do. This is way, way too important not to continue to discuss, because if Loudoun County, Virginia does this, they execute it, then students there are going to end up hurt as a result. Nothing new. They've been getting their kids hurt for a while now. 
And, and the worst part is, is they don't even see the problems with what they're doing. They still honestly believe they're doing what's best for their students when they're clearly not. Clearly, they're not in a position to make those determinations anymore. It is. It is rather, rather <clears throat> disheartening. I'm going to go with that word because the other words aren't radio safe. All right, you guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after we reset the hour. Let's take a quick break. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. We are to save and restore our beloved republic not only must we seal and protect our borders but above all we must save the children hello i'm ron edwards on today's page from the edwards notebook brought to you by constitutional grounds the coffee you want in your cup no nation even one as great as ours will prosper and remain strong with open borders but a nation that increasingly seeks to CRT, transgenderize, stupefy and totally demoralize its young is basically signing its own death warrant to not allow innocent children to be brought up in the godly and moral way they should be will produce a multitude of generations that will become a deadly enemy from within who will be as a curse on the prior generations, inflicting irreparable harm via government education and the increasingly inept and immoral church, while solid families, which are the backbone of a strong and blessed society, will become dysfunctional and an unreliable collage of disjointed, multi-pronounced individuals seeking to conjure up even more deviant practices, especially against the children. We, the people who love God, country, and family, must seek providential guidance in a united effort to restore America and seek God's forgiveness for allowing such madness to happen. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. See These thoughts designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bimonthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. 
Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akuari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free. The way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. This is Matt Fitzgibbons from PatriotMusic.com, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I uh, just want to make a quick reminder to everyone, when you hear me playing the ads like for Beanstalks or uh, Einstock and, uh, of course, folks like Boone's Bourbon and then, of course, Honey Fun, which I play intermittently as well. Uh, Second Skull, these folks, these are companies that I have gotten a small equity stake in. Uh, 
So I'm trying to help promote them. They are not sponsors. I don't have an affiliate relationship. They paid me nothing. And in fact, in some cases, like Honey Fun, for example, I would imagine they probably wouldn't like the fact that anybody might associate them with a conservative that says the crazy stuff that I say. But I see within them the opportunity to be profitable down the road uh, to a much larger extent than the success they've already had. So I still bought in. And, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure you understand the difference there, as opposed to some of the other companies you've heard me uh, talk about before, like Blue Coolers and uh, Fire and Flavor and Brain MD. Uh, some of those folks I have an affiliate relationship with. But right now, for Patriots, they're a sponsor. They're paying to be here because they enjoy the value that advertising here brings to them. Me reminding you about your need to go be prepared and you taking the action to go do it. That makes the difference there. And the same thing is true for these guys. We're talking about Gold Co., of course. Gold Co., the newest sponsor here at Tap Into the Truth. They are a sponsor. They're paying me to promote their product. But guess what? It's a product that I know you guys can appreciate. Now, they would like for me to remind you that right now there's a not-so-secret secret Fed bailout going on. And it is indeed looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again. Banks are collapsing. Executives are taking big bonuses. The White House is running to their rescue, not ours. While regular, ordinary, everyday people are out there struggling, a lot of us are having trouble paying our bills, if we can pay them at all. Certainly can't afford to fill up our gas tanks. And suddenly... From out of nowhere, Biden and his cohorts have the nerve to bail out wealthy Americans and people with direct ties to the CCP, uh, all in an effort to, you know, ignore the needs of the regular average Americans. And who's paying for those bailouts? That's right, you are. You and me, my friends, that's who's shouldering all these bad choices that these folks are making. But the good news is, is you don't have to play their game anymore. You can opt out of that system and move your cash into gold and silver right now before it's too late. Uh, go ahead and give a call to our friends over at Gold Co. at 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. And they have other precious metals as well. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse before those morons in the White House come and try to take away everything we've got. What do you need to do? You need to get on the phone right now. Call 855-387-2932. Call them right now and you can learn how you can get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last, of course. That is the number 855-387-2932. Give them a call as soon as you can and get involved with this. And if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, I'll have a link in the show description that will take you to the website that would allow you to claim 
your free kit from Gold Co. on wealth protection. And uh, important to remember that uh, your wealth is what you have built over the years. You may not be in the same league with the multi-millionaires and billionaires out there, but you've earned it. You ought to be able to keep it, or at least as much of it as possible. All right, now I'm looking at the clock and I'm already thinking, dang, I have sold myself short on the amount of time I need to talk about this story, but I'm not going to push this back to the second hour. This one's also pretty important, uh, probably even a little more important than the previous, because again, it demonstrates something we've already known. But here it is, they're not hiding it anymore. It's more and more obvious with each passing day. This time we're taking a look at the United Nations. So the UN uh, has published a report. Uh, it was published last month, actually. It took us this long to find out about it. And in this report, it suggests global leaders should be working hard to normalize pedophilia. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm taking just a moment to let that sink in. Let's normalize pedophilia by allowing children to legally decide on engaging in sexual activities with adults. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're old enough to consent anymore because, you know, uh, just let the adult decide and then if you can be manipulated into saying you're okay with it, then that's okay. Now, they're doing this in the name of human rights. You see, this is all wrapped up inside of a human rights-based analysis on the impact of criminal laws prescribing sexual and reproductive health rights, uh, consensual sexual activity, and uh, gender ideology, of course, uh, all of this into the International Committee of Jurists, the ICJ. Now, uh, the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights and the UNAIDS published this particular report, which calls for offenses related to sex, drug use, HIV, sexual and reproductive health, homelessness, and poverty to be decriminalized. Now, I need to pump the brakes right there. I want to know why it is you seem to think that homelessness and poverty need to be clumped in together with any type of legal offenses that are related to sex or drug use. Uh, well, clearly, homeless people tend to use more drugs, and they tend to be poor, so they're in poverty. Yeah, okay, but it's still a lumping together that creates a false narrative, right? I mean, this idea that there's some type of moral equivalency that, well, obviously, that you're living in poverty and you've become uh, homeless because somebody somehow took away your human rights to sexually use drugs. It's such a conglomeration that it's a stretch. I get the arguments, but the problem is the arguments aren't a very good one. But hey, let's let's decriminalize all of it. See, they really group these things together because it's hard to make the argument these days uh, to say that, well, you know, if you want to have sexual relations with 
someone of the same gender as you, that should be a crime. It's really hard to make those arguments these days. Most people have moved on. It's like, yeah, it's a sin. It's a crime against God, but God gets to make those determinations. He's going to punish you. You're answerable for that. It's not my business unless you make it my business. So please don't make it my business and we don't have to talk about it. And we'll treat it like Bruno. And, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. It's hard to make the argument that there should be some type of criminal penalty for catching HIV. It's really a bit of a stretch saying that sexual and reproductive health is a criminal thing. But then you have to understand that they're using it as a euphemism. When they say reproductive health, they're still talking about the murder of preborn baby humans. That's where that comes So we can't have abortions uh, being a criminal, even though some parts of the world it very much is. They, they don't tolerate it. It's not a yum and... Uh, a warm and yummy kind of moment to get to shout your abortion and then you have a party afterwards. It's kind of against the law. There's still some places in the world where morality is what is the coin of the realm, if you will. But yes, yes, the, the UN wants us to decriminalize this. And everybody seems to just gloss over the fact that they specifically talk about children getting to decide for themselves if they're involved with adults. In fact, quoting here, sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent, two sets, may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. May be consensual, in fact, if not in law. Maybe, but then again, it may not be. Well, that part doesn't matter. What are you talking about, Tim? Shush! You're 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 harshing our mellow. You're you're making our argument more difficult. Just sit there and be quiet, you conservative, trying to apply common sense to a scenario where it clearly doesn't belong. Sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent. <sighs> okay, so the authors of the report further advise lawyers, judges, and law enforcement to consider, quote, the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and the right to be heard in matters concerning them. Which is a fancy way of saying that, well, you know, just because they're not illegally an adult doesn't mean they don't get to act like an adult when we want them to be allowed to. Yeah. They have a right to be heard. But do they? Really? I mean, that is why we have a legal definition of adulthood, right? And uh, I am perfectly content to hear your arguments all day long about how we have set that bar far too low. I mean, even when I was 17, 
I was thinking, 18 is way too young to be considered legally an adult. You, you have to decide somewhere, though, right? And at some point, I'm thinking 25 was appropriate when I was 18, and now 45 may not be appropriate based on the maturity level of some folks I'm seeing, myself included. I'm not exactly the most mature person. You could probably tell that from how I occasionally take these stories and just kind of twist around and try to have some fun with it to keep from screaming my lungs out in furious anger, and thereby seeming more like the folks on the other side of the political aisle. I'm screaming for no reason. Okay, so they also want to say that, quote, pursuant to their evolving capacity, and progressive autonomy. Persons under 18 years of age should participate in decisions affecting them with due regard to their age, maturity, and best interest, and with specific attention to non-discrimination guarantees. Okay, so I get the impression that they're using the word discrimination in this particular phrasing, not as in what we normally think of when we hear the word discrimination, like, ah, oh, you're just treating that person like they're less because they're a different skin color than you, or a different religion than you, or have a different nationality than you. And that's not the kind of discrimination that they're saying here. They're talking about discrimination as in you are discerning a difference, which technically is the reason why we call the other discrimination, but it has a completely different inclination in modern usage. But I, let, let's, let's revisit that again. Pursuant to their evolving capacities and progressive autonomy. Okay, they don't have progressive autonomy unless you're granting it to them. And so your argument is already dependent on everybody just agreeing with you in this particular case, right? I mean, we, we're in agreement with this. They're evolving capacities. The only way their capacities are evolving is due to direct experience. And for minors to be having a great deal of adult-to-minor sexual experience would require a certain amount of abuse to be taking place. Meaning that you're subjecting them to bad situations so that then they can decide for themselves after the fact. I mean, there is a reason why after, in most states, and still not in every uh, jurisdiction, but in most jurisdictions, there's a reason why statutory rape only applies to someone that you're having these relations with when you are their first partner. You cannot be the fifth partner of someone underage and it still be statutory if they have already been involved. At some point, they have evolved that capacity. So they're trying really hard to put pretty, pretty words in place of painting a very ugly picture. In pursuant to their evolving capacities, their experience 
whether it was consensual or not, is what they're talking about here. And their progressive autonomy, meaning that we're going to let you to decide for yourself more often. Uh, that's, again, still our determination, not theirs. Persons of 18 years of age are under 18 years of Persons under 18 years of age, enunciation being important, should participate in decisions affecting. Well, of course they should participate. However, there's a reason why it's always been considered an age of consent. There's a reason why we generally don't let minors do a whole bunch of life-altering things, which is also the exact same reason we shouldn't be allowing surgical mutilations and chemical castrations of minors. But, yeah, different argument for a different time. Their maturity level is not an issue. You can have these experiences without being any more mature. And they're not in a position to determine their best interest any more than any other under 18-year-old that's not dealing with having this type of experience. So again, this whole paragraph is a bunch of fluff of saying, we just want to have sex with kids and you should let us. And as long as we can convince them that they decided it was okay, then you just don't get to tell us it's wrong. That's all they're saying here. And the, the funniest part here is that this particular report, it took over five years for them to develop it. And it's supposedly based on findings and feedback and reviews from jurists, judges, lawyers, academics, university professors and administrators, legal practitioners, which I thought jurists pretty much covered, but I suppose there are some other legal practitioners of some sort. Human rights defenders, and, and obviously we're not defending the rights of the minors, in this case, to not be sexualized by adults. Uh, that's not a human right anymore. The human right is on the part of the pedophile who should be allowed to sexualize children uh, in their eyes. Oh, wait, but uh, again, uh, not the only group. There are more groups. Various civil society organizations. Man, oh, man. I bet we could think of half a dozen acronyms to fill in that slot. And all this puts together, and supposedly the results here, primarily focused on the impact of criminal laws prescribing sexual and reproductive health and rights, consensual sexual activity, gender identity, gender expression, HIV, non-disclosure, exposure and transmission, drug use, and the possession of drugs for personal use, according to the report. All of these things were factored in, and all these things supposedly come out that if you put legal consequences attached with any of these, that you're violating Human rights. Uh, what rights exactly? Now, according to the UNAIDS, 20 countries currently criminalize or otherwise prosecute transgender people. 67 countries still criminalize same-sex sexual activity. With 10 of those countries imposing the death penalty for it. Uh, 
I wonder what those countries have in common. Sharia law. 115 countries criminalize drug use. Well, duh. More than 130 criminalize HIV exposure, non-disclosure, and transmission. Meaning that if you had AIDS, you know you have AIDS, and you're still having unprotected sex with other people without warning them, knowing that you are going to be transmitting AIDS, that's a crime. I think it should be a crime. Now, it's one thing if you do it accidentally, if you didn't know, but when you know and you're not disclosing the fact that there's at least a possibility, that's a criminal act. And over 150 countries still criminalize some aspect of prostitution. Uh, yeah. All of this must be ended in the name of human rights. And I've already blown by the hour break. So, let's go ahead and reset the hour right now. And, uh, you know, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now diving headlong into hour number two of today's broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Uh, Going to have to have a little bit of editing for the uh, fine folks over on the Vera Network and the last frequency. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, right? All right. Obviously, I was still talking about this UN-backed report that basically tries t- to normalize pedophilia. Nothing new here. Same old, same old. These people are crazy. And I don't know why it's so hard for them to stand up and recognize the fact that it's wrong. More and more people that typically have been voting to support these folks are figuring it out. And I'm glad that they are. But it's just so weird. These people are so freaking obvious now about what they're doing. They're so out in the open, and it's so clear because they really think we're past the tipping point. They honestly believe that we're past the point of no return, and they're really, really surprised that people who have been on their side to this point are starting to say, uh, wait a minute, guys, we we never signed up for that. Uh, you know, we we wanted to be the cool kids— and all, and we wanted to be our children's friends rather than their parents, and and we we wanted to make sure that we were supportive of all the decisions our children were making, regardless. But they're kids. Now, there's no kid that wants to hear that they're a kid. You know, so if you happen to be 18 years of age or younger and you're hearing me make this reference and calling you a kid, I get it if it makes you mad. I get it if you want to tune me out. But please understand 
that with the passage of time and the gaining of life experience, you see a whole lot of things in a very different light than you do right now. All through your 20s, even well into your early to mid-30s, you're going to think about the world in a certain way. And then you're going to come to realize that once you move past that, you, you're it's just going to be unavoidable. You're going to see the patterns, the things that you had always missed, partially because you wanted to believe in the best of everyone. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt. There's nothing wrong with wanting to believe in all of our better angels, because at the end of the day, in order for our constitutionally federated republic to work, we all need to be engaging daily exercising with our better angels and keeping our inner demons at bay. I mean, only. And I know I'm not the first person to say this, but only immoral people can govern themselves. And that's what we're supposed to be doing here in this great republic of ours. But these people that are pushing this agenda so far, they literally are turning thought into something as rare as water in the desert. And it's hard to get food when there's no water. And it's hard to get food when you have massive global food shortages. And just watching China right now hoard lots and lots of food should give you every reason in the world to believe that it is time for you to take action. Again, I'll remind you, China is the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages, and you have to ask the question when you see them storing away nearly three quarters. They're already well over two-thirds, and now they're heading towards three quarters of the globe's corn supply. They're storing away, hoarding up nearly half of the world's rice and nearly half of the world's wheat. When you see China doing this, you have to ask yourself, what do they know that we don't? Again, canary, coal mine, you know what I'm saying? China is the world's number one importer of food. And it is just that simple. They literally rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. And if they're going to hoard all the food that is available... What does that mean for average, everyday Americans like you and me? Well, two words, my friend, food shortages. And that's why it's one heck of a good idea to stock up on kits of the best-selling For Patriot Survival Food. Create your own stockpile of the Four Patriot Survival Food Kits. All these kits are hand-packed in the good old U.S. of A. The kits are compact and easily stacked. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and not to mention the fact that they've been adding some really great desserts as of late. They have a ton of five-star reviews that absolutely rave about the taste. And right now, Right now, this very instant, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food by typing in the code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, at checkout. Just go to 4Patriots.com, use promo code TAP at checkout, and get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food. That's the number 4, Patriots.com, use promo code 
tap, T-A-P-P. That is pretty simple and straightforward. So, yeah, again, I, I'm so overwhelmed with all these different things that I feel like I should be saying. I should be pounding the, the desk here and probably knocking the microphone off of the, the studio setup here and just being so angry about both of the stories that I've told you about that I really feel like I'm not doing them justice. These are huge stories that we should be angry about. So I hope I'm adequately expressing them. But that's not all. I mean, I, I get kind of overwhelmed with how angry I should be that I'm having to take a, a deep breath back. Because literally, if I just stand here and, and scream at the microphone, uh, you guys are going to get tired of that, and you're going to stop listening. Uh, then you're not going to get any impact from the story. But beyond that, I'm going to just lose my own mind. And I can't let them beat me that way. But there are other crazy stories going on, too. For example... Out in Washington state, their Democrat-dominated state house has passed legislation that would stymie parents' efforts to save their children from irreversible medical interventions and transsexual conversion therapies. State Republicans have noted that the bill in question, if signed into law by Democratic Governor Jay Inslee, who has indicated that he probably will sign it into law when it gets to his desk, that this bill would not only erode parental rights, but ultimately treat parents who disagree with the radical transgender agenda as child abusers. They're literally going to treat the parents who are trying to protect their children from this hostile and life-altering detrimental effort they're going to treat them like they're the child abusers instead of the people that are actually abusing the children. When Senate Bill 5599 was first approved in the state Senate with the 27 to 19 vote back on March 1st, it was first approved then. Then it passed the House on April 12th with a 57 to 39 vote. Although the votes split along party lines, uh, one Republican uh, representative, Brian Sandlin, he didn't vote against the bill. He was the one lone Republican that didn't vote against it. After the Senate signs off on the legislation as amended by the House, it will go to Inslee's desk to be signed into law. The bill states that both licensed and unlicensed persons or organizations, let me say that again, <clears throat> or organizations that give shelter to a runaway child with the knowledge that the minor in question, and they put quotations here, is away from a lawfully prescribed residence or home without parental permission, do not have to inform the child's parents or law enforcement of the child's location if the minor is seeking or receiving 
protected health care services, which of course that part's defined elsewhere as being gender-affirming treatment and reproductive health care services, meaning if they're surgically mutilating, chemically castrating, or murdering pre-born baby humans, they don't have to tell the parents where they are. They don't have to tell the police where they are. Now, let me revisit that first part again real quick, because this is an umbrella protection plan from literally anybody that wants to stick their nose into somebody else's business, because we're not talking about just somebody that's you know, being a therapist, we're not talking about a guidance counselor here. We're talking about the bill specifically stating licensed and unlicensed persons or organizations. Meaning that if you're Sally's homeroom teacher and you think Sally would be happier if Sally was Bill and you convince Sally that she is Bill and now you're going to help Bill go get gender-affirming care, which is literally the exact opposite of what it actually is, because it's denying the actual gender of the person, right? We're going to try to make you look like, seem like you're the opposite of what you actually are. That, to me, is gender-denying care. But, uh, you know, who am I to split here? So, if you get involved, all of a sudden, you can harbor a runaway. You can help them to get these things done. And I'm just as angry about the murdering of the preborn baby humans as I am about the transient of kids here. But here in Washington State, they literally are days away from protecting the people that are going to hide runaways after probably manipulating these kids into doing this in the first place. They're criminal. They're interfering with the parental rights of the actual honest-to-goodness parents, and they're interfering with the law enforcement who are now taking this missing person report and are trying to determine the safety of these children. In other words, <clears throat> let me make this very clear. This bill, should it become law, will in fact ensure that individuals or youth, homeless shelters, <clears throat> they will no longer be obligated to inform children's parents or law enforcement of their whereabouts if the child is seeking without parental consent a sex change, a mastectomy, a tracheal shave, that's where they make the Adam's apple go away, breast implants, puberty blockers, an abortion, or other non-specific, non-defined assisted reproduction services. If you're doing any of those things, you don't have to tell the cops, you don't have to tell the parents. 
Now, quoting here from the Democrat that introduced this bill in the first place. Quote, we know that young people experiencing homelessness are exposed to dangerous and harmful outcomes. That's why we must take every step we can to ensure their safety. This legislation ensures that our trans youth have safe options and access to secure, stable shelter when they may not be welcomed at home. Just, I'm dumbfounded by this. When they may not be welcomed, who the hell are you that you get to make that determination? Who the hell are you that you now suddenly think that the state should have the power, should have the authority to intervene and stop law enforcement from making sure these children are safe? Who are you to determine that somehow, just because you're dedicated to an agenda, that that actually makes things safe? It doesn't, does it? You're not that person. The state doesn't have that authority. And the more you try to grab it, the more you reveal yourself. And the more you reveal yourself, the more people that have typically supported you in the past are eventually going to wake up and say, hey, you know what? Those conservatives over there, we may not agree with everything that they say, but they sure are right about this. You're the ones doing it. You're going too far. You're pushing it too far. You're crossing the lines and you're messing with the children. Now, you've been targeting the children forever. We've been seeing this. We know it. That's why you went after education in the first place. And you've got you've got critical thinking almost extinct in the school systems. And you just keep pushing and you're going to use the power of government to try and bully parents into stepping down. You're going to use the power of the federal government to try to bully and intimidate. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we need to look into these parents that are actually showing up at school board meetings. They could be domestic terrorists. Yeah, who knew that the definition of domestic terrorist is we want to hold accountable our elected officials. See, it's been so long since we've actually done that. They're freaking out when we do. We've passed sunshine laws in almost every part of this country because we know sunshine's the best disinfectant for this kind of crap. We've done it because we want to know what it is they're doing. We don't want the backroom deals. We don't want them making decisions on our behalf without us knowing what those decisions were so that we at the very least can say, hey, buddy, what were you smoking when you made this decision here? Well, you know, I had some of the good stuff. When they may not be welcome at home, how many runaways? <sighs> I just, uh, if someone has run away from home because mommy and daddy do not support them surgically mutilating themselves or chemically castrating themselves, or do not support them going out and having themselves a murder of a preborn baby human, chances are 
They were welcome at home. They decided they didn't want to live under that roof. They didn't want to live by mommy and daddy's rules. Well, you should have thought about that before you got yourself in these situations as a minder. And every state in this country, because it shouldn't even be a federal issue at all, but every state in this country should have laws, once again, making it clear that if you want to pursue gender-affirming care, nice euphemism, very, very the opposite of what it claims to be, that you must be, must be legally an adult in the state. There's too much at stake to let minors make that decision. Too many of them have way too much regret. Too many of them are working on trying to detransition. Not an easy thing to do, and so much of what's been done to them is irreversible. And all that information's out there. It's not like it's a surprise. It's not like they don't know. They want to pretend like they don't. Oh, well, you know, all we know is that this saves lives. All I know is that if we don't support these children, uh, they often they often commit suicide. How many times have we heard parents who are pressured into letting their children at least start on the cross-hormone therapies were pressured into it by the physicians that they took their children to? Because it was, would you rather have a, a living daughter or a dead son? With the insinuation that if you don't support this, if you don't let us do this to your child, your child will commit suicide. Your child will be dead. There's certainly nothing else we can do to help them. You know, like, I don't know, actual therapy. Uh, you know, maybe some effort to create a support group where they get an opportunity to, to understand why they might feel the way they do. Maybe, maybe even get to the bottom of the fact that more than half of the trending trans kids are being pushed into it either by a parent or by an educator who they themselves just want to be part of the cool clique. Munchhausen by proxy. And that's what we're having going on here. Just look at Jazz Jennings. Jazz Jennings' mother needs to be thrown in prison for what she's constantly doing to that poor boy who has been surgically mutilated. But hey, let's just look to democratically run locations and say, what are they saying we ought to do? Well, in Washington State, they know that young people experiencing homelessness are exposed to dangers and harmful outcomes. Yeah, but we're not worried about that. We just want to make sure that nobody gets in trouble for transing the kids. We want to make sure that it's okay to harbor a runaway as long as they ran away because they want to get trans or because they want to go murder a preborn baby human. If that's what they're doing, it's okay. Uh, they're therapists? They're psychiatrists? No, you don't have to be them. Uh, you can just be some random person that you met at the grocery store. Well, come on, honey. I'll, I'll protect you from your mean old parents. <laughs> Six weeks later. Welcome to your new life of being human trafficked. Not that that would ever happen. 
Story of Draco, anybody? This particular member of the Washington State House of Representatives is the co-chair of the state's Senate LGBTQ caucus. So I guess she's actually in the state Senate. Pretty sure I read she was in the House earlier. Anyway, a correction on air. It's a member of the state's LGBTQ caucus, with which he previously championed a ban against gay-to-straight conversion therapy. Now, that in and of itself, that some of the conversion therapies, um, some of them probably shouldn't be legal. Some <laughs> of what I've seen is pretty not okay. But the problem with the ban that they put in place in Washington State includes anyone putting forth a re uh, an effort, as particularly if it's a religious effort, to, uh, you know, just to try and convince them that uh, perhaps that's not really who you are. And in some cases, when you see somebody that decides, well, you know, maybe I'm going to try being gay. And you say, no, you don't try being gay. You either are or you're not. If you're trying it, that means you're dabbling. That means that some other factor has made you decide that it's just too hard to pursue your normal interest, your previous interest, the interest in exactly who you actually are. So the fact that this this ban that they pushed in Washington State uh, covers so much more than just the dangerous types of conversion therapy, uh, it's part of just information you should have, all right? It's not a case of, uh, it's a totally terrible thing, but uh, it is something that you need to have all the context on. Uh, radio host Jason Rance uh, reported on KTTH Radio that Democrats rejected an amendment that would make explicit that the bill was aimed at protecting kids facing actual harm or the prospect of actual harm from their parents. Now, the question is, why would you reject that amendment? The answer is pretty obvious also, because they don't actually care about harm. This is about ending the idea of parental rights. They try to destroy property rights. They need to destroy parental rights. They need to destroy the notion of individual rights. And the reason they need to destroy these things is because that's what makes America different than every place else. These are all part and parcel of what creates American exceptionalism. And if we would just stop believing in American exceptionalism, they could just take over. And really, that's what this is about more than anything else. Now, State Representative uh, Jamala Taylor, a Democrat, suggested that the amendment would stand in the way of, quote, keeping children safe, and underscored that, quote, parental rights are not infinite. Now, again, let me 
let me just back up again. They rejected an amendment that would make explicit that the bill was aimed at protecting kids facing actual harm or the prospect of actual harm from their parents. And Representative Taylor says, well, that's going to stand in the way of keeping children safe. What are you trying to keep them safe from if it's not actual harm? And parental rights are not infinite. No, but they certainly should still stand uh, ahead of the right of the state to interfere with parental rights. You should, again, before the state should have the legal authority to intervene, have legal authority to intercede, have legal authority to interfere with parental rights, there should be actual harm on the table. The parents should be abusive in some fashion. If the parents are abusive, then the state should intervene. But if there's no actual harm, the state has no business at all. So again, Representative Taylor, what part of keeping children safe is actually not being protected if you amend it by saying actual harm. Representative Tanya Sheen, 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 S-E-N-N, also a Democrat, she said that abusive parents are not the only problem. Parents who do not go far enough to affirm their child's mental illness are similarly threatening. Now, Again, did you did you hear that? It would appear that Representative Seen, and again, I'm I'm presuming that's the pronunciation S E N N Seen Seen Sheen. It's not an H. Sin, is it Sin? Weird spell. Anyway, regardless of the name, it would appear that this Democratic representative uh, said the quiet part out loud. Parents who don't go far enough to affirm their child's mental illness are similarly threatening. So are you suggesting that gender dysphoria is in fact a mental illness? Because if they're actually suffering from actual gender dysphoria, then it is an actual mental illness. And they actually need treatment other than, you know, Again, you're getting tired of hearing me saying it, but I need to say it, not just for the dramatic effect, but to keep pounding the message home. Something other than surgical mutilations and chemical castrations, because that's what you're doing with the treatments that you're prescribing for what you're calling gender-affirming care. It's more like gender-non-conforming, I don't care. Abusive parents are not the only problem. Abusive parents are the only problem you should be concerning yourself with. Anything else is none of your state business. Take care of your own house. Let your neighbors take care of those. And if they slip into the realm of the criminal, then let the courts and law enforcement do their jobs. Your job is to not get in the way. Republican Representative Chris Corey and 
Peter Abrano, Abrano? They said in a joint video statement that Democrats roundly rejected all of their amendments, one of which would have precluded strangers from hiding children in cases where kids fled and ran away because of a mere disagreement or argument with the parents. Contra actual abuse. Both Corey and Abrano underscored that this bill, Democrats are eroding parental rights in the state of Washington. I mean, that's that's the least of what they're doing, but it's definitely doing that. This is obviously a fundamental violation of parental rights. It's something that's deeply concerning for parents across Washington state. And guess what, guys? If they allow this in Washington, they're going to be pushing it in other places. It's going to be a problem all across the country. Uh, even in red states, we're going to have to be careful that we put our foot down and end it. The states need to take steps now to avoid the blue cities that still exist within the red states from trying to pull these shenanigans. But these two and other Republican legislators there who happen to be parents, like a lot of other parents across the state, would be deeply vexed, deeply vexed, quote, if a child disappeared for months, especially if the state, knowing where they were hidden, elected to say nothing. That was the crux of much of the debate. Should we try to strengthen families, let families build together, or should we continue to let the state essentially hide where the child is? Representative Leonard Christian said back on April 14th that, quote, this bill treats parents who disagree with abortion and gender-affirming treatment as though they were child abusers. All Washington parents should be outraged. The U.S. Supreme Court has already ruled multiple times that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment secures the rights this bill seeks to eliminate. The state has no right to separate children from loving parents. Representative Cindy Jacobson also Republican, spoke out against the bill on the House floor, saying at that point that there are already procedures on the books for dealing with abuse of parents and that parents have the best interest of their children at heart. Parents are the ones to guide them through these times in their lives when they are seeking something like gender-affirming care, something that will change their whole life. We don't let a we don't let a children <laughs> a typo there. I should just say we don't let children smoke a cigarette. We don't allow a child to get Tylenol from the school nurse. We don't allow children to sign contracts. We want them to be able to consult with their parents to get through these hard times in life. Representative Jim Walsh indicated that thousands of concerned uh, Washingtonians had contacted him about the bill to express both their concern and their outrage. Sponsors and supporters of the bill have overstepped the Constitution and case law in promoting this policy, which would allow state bureaucrats 
to hide minor children from custodial parents and legal guardians. This bill is wrong legally, ethically, and morally. <clears throat> Among its many flaws, the bill assumes families that don't affirm a child's short-term desire is being abusive. Wrong. Sometimes, love requires parents to not affirm their child's whims. Loving parents guide their children as they grow. Sometimes that means saying no. Sometimes it means providing the so-called tough love. It's not the first policy approved this session. Quoting from uh, Washington now. This is not the first policy approved this session that turns the power and machinery of state government against families. Lawmakers promoting these changes put wedges between children and their parents, grandparents, and the people who love them. When speaking out against the bill on the House floor, one Republican got choked up by the prospect that the Democrat establishment and the coercive power of the state would come between him and his children. Representative Spencer Hutchins held back tears, saying back on April 13th, quote, I was talking to my three-year-old the other day, and I said, what would I do without you? And my three-year-old took me very literally. He said, Daddy, You'd come find me. Hutchins made it known that were his kids to go missing, nothing would stop him from finding them. Quoting again, this time from Caleb Hemlick, the Republican Party chairman in Washington. We certainly want to protect children, but we think this bill goes too far in taking loving parents away from important, significant decisions that parents are making. That is in the bill that if a teen runs away and a loving parent is trying to find where their teen is at, the state will not tell them, and that as a parent, that's terrifying. And again, radio show host uh, Jason Rands, conservative, by the way, pretty good guy. He emphasized that Washington Democrats are coming for your kids, and they're starting with the most vulnerable. That is what they're doing. There's no doubt. I find myself again, outraged by this, but we saw what happened in Maryland. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The story of Sage, a.k.a. Draco. You can look for that in the archives if you've forgotten or if you missed it. A runaway from the state of Virginia who had come to be in the full parental control by her grandparents. Her grandmother, a former high school principal and a former high school guidance counselor, ideally the kind of person you want raising up a teenager. She ran away from home 
because she thought she was going to go meet up with a guy who was supposed to be just a year older than she was and was supposed to be a skater. Turns out, the guy was a uh, 22-year-old sex offender who took this 14-year-old runaway out of the state of Virginia, her home state, took her into Baltimore, started sex trafficking her. She was discovered by local authorities, and her grandparents, who were legal guardians, so they had full parental rights, were notified, but because the grandfather accidentally called her she, the local bureaucrats decided that, well, this was an abusive situation because Sage identified as a boy. And because she identified as a boy, not only did they not allow the grandparents that had full custody to take her home, they placed her in a youth home in Baltimore, a youth home for boys, where other bad things happened to her, and she eventually escaped from the group home. Ended up in the hands of yet a second sex trafficker in the state of Texas. This is where these particular bureaucrats and these particular office holders are at. Your parental rights be damned. If I keep going, I am going to say some things that I shouldn't on the radio. So, it's a little late. Let's sneak the break in real quick, and then we'll move to the last story of the day. Uh, and I'll go with the positive one, because I think we need a positive one to end on. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. <laughs> Hello, America. This is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap Tap Into the Truth. The Sixth Amendment of the United States Constitution states that in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy public trial. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The penalty for trespassing on government property like the United States Capitol Building is six months in jail, plus $1,000 maximum penalty. Yet, Americans who went into the U.S. Capitol Building on January 6th have been detained for more than 10 months. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and five other representatives have discovered that those still locked up have possibly been physically abused and in some cases denied medical care. Allegedly, authorities are committing misprison of felony by knowing about certain individuals being put in solitary confinement before being indicted. I urge you to join me in contacting our representatives now and demand the January 6 Americans be released today. Thank you, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, for checking in on those still locked up while the Biden regime abuses this entire republic every single day. I'm Ron Edwards. 
If you want the best coffee ever, simply go to theronedwards.com and place your order now for Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. This is Gordon Knight with Deep Seek Diaries. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the home stretch now. I guess you can probably tell I'm kind of struggling tonight. I've been feeling under the weather quite a bit recently, and now I've got all this pollen attacking me as well. It's just really kind of 
making me feel less than optimal. And like I said, these stories are driving me so bananas. I'm having a hard time even staying focused to keep from from just lashing out and just doing ridiculous stuff. But I'm here, and I'm going to bring you these stories. And, of course, uh, my far be it for me to say great, but perhaps humble opinion on these stories. And I promised before we went into the break that I would bring you a positive story, a good news story. Well, I have one, actually. You probably will hear about this one if you haven't already, because the left is going to absolutely lose their minds. And conservatives everywhere should be rejoicing at this. You see, there's an Ohio school district centered in a tiny town of 560 people that has responded to the recent school shootings by permitting its teachers to be armed. That's right. They said, guys, if you're on staff, we're going to let you, uh, we're going to let you carry. See, the River Valley Local School District, uh, which has roughly 2,000 students from the area, citing the law that was signed by Governor Mike DeWine back in June of 2022, said that it will allow staff members in its high school, middle school, Heritage and Liberty Elementary Schools to arm. I, I just, I'm digging that. I don't know why. It just makes me feel good. We're going to protect the kids. Uh, you know, we're not going to let the, the left try and give us a lecture about guns are bad, so don't be bad, okay? No, no, we're saying, uh, you know, good guys with guns are what stops bad guys with guns. And we want to be able to have the kind of reaction times that actually protects children. I like it. Anyway, Adam Wickham superintendent of the school system, talking to the Marion Star, said, quote, and this is a good one, by the way, our schools will no longer be soft targets and unprotected. Continued saying, most active shooter events occur in areas of, quote, gun-free zones or with minimal safety measures in place. We want to ensure our schools will not be soft targets. I feel like I should stand up and applaud. I, I hope you guys are feeling the same way. Anyway, he continued in his little statement, and I say little statement. These are a small words, but very big statements. So I should not categorize it that way. Anyway, he continued, as a rural community, response times can often be minutes away. Especially in the event of an active sh uh, shooter? No, no, no. The use of armed staff in our buildings can potentially save lives by providing a more immediate response to the threat. Recent school shootings such as in Nashville, Uvalde, Texas, and Parkland, Florida, clearly show that the quicker the response time, the more likely you are to potentially save lives. Now, I don't like him using the word potentially here. I think it's very clear cut. We saw the difference. In Nashville, the response time was still longer than it should have been because we should have had armed security at Covenant School, but much, much better response time and much, much better actual response 
than what we saw in Uvalde, Texas, and definitely better than what we saw in Parkland, Florida. So students did not get just absolutely decimated uh, on the whims of the moron running around in a mass shooter event wanting to, to become famous and wanting to kill a bunch of people. Nope. In Nashville, they showed up. They took care of business. They ended the danger. And that's the point here. And I think it's very good that he included both Uvalde, which demonstrated what happens when the cops absolutely refuse to do their job, and when he talks about Parkland, because, you know, we still have folks like uh, Mr. David Hogg out there pretending like he's some great philosopher on the issue just because he happened to be a couple of buildings away and survived the event. He survived that much the same way that AOC survived the attack on the Capitol. She was never actually in the Capitol at the time of the event, but was still so traumatic. Same kind of deal, right? Whenever any of these activists or any Democrat steps up and says, oh, uh, less guns, not more, they want your children to be more at risk. So I do hate the fact that he used the word potentially saves lives here a couple of times. Because he clearly does save lives. But Wickham also noted that the River Valley local school policy has more stringent training than what the state requires under that law that DeWine signed. House Bill 99, as it was stated before it became law, says that it, quote, allows the previous practice of permitting school boards to choose to arm specific staff members and mandates reasonable training requirements for those individuals. Some have expressed questions about the training and selection process. This is, again, quoting from Wickham. The vast majority of parents have expressed appreciation for the proactive approach in protecting their children. That is really the main reason for adopting the use of armed staff. While we understand not everyone will support this program, every safety measure we take at River Valley, including the use of armed staff, is put in place to try to ensure our staff and students can go home safely to their families and loved ones each and every day. The River Valley Board has previously approved the use of armed staff for the 2020 to 2021 school year. At that time, the use of armed staff for the 2020 and the 2021 school year was confidential, as protected by Ohio law, as part of the district's safety plan. School districts had to suspend the use of armed staff with the Ohio Supreme Court's ruling in the summer of 2021, but once House Bill 99 was passed and became law, training details were released by the state in December of 2022. I recommended to the board resuming this program, and the board approved the use of the armed staff at the January 12, 2023 meeting. So, as of this moment, they're going through the, the training, the staffing. They're going to have these folks caring. They're going to have these folks protecting their students in a way that's real, in a way that matters. And the biggest thing this is going to do is it's going to provide a deterrence. Because, again, these folks who decide they're going to go on a mass shooting spree, they always pick 
soft targets. In this case, you're not very likely to have one of these nutsoids to show up and try to shoot up the school because they know they're going to get shot back at pretty quickly. They know they're not going to have to wait for the local police response times. They know that there will be an immediate response. What happens if they get shot first before they get to take anybody out? Then they don't get to make a statement other than, I'm a really bad shot and I'm really dumb at picking targets. That's why we need more armed security in these school settings that will protect more students. I don't like having metal detectors and police everywhere and putting bars on the windows. It makes the school feel like a prison. Well, you don't have to take all those extreme measures once you reestablish law and order within the schools. Once you establish the fact that there's going to be zero tolerance and there's a really good chance that if you pull out a gun and try to fire it at someone, you're going to get dead real quick, maybe even before you get a chance to pull the trigger. Deterrence is still an actual thing that, when put into practice, works. It's pretty effective. <gasps> Surprise! Shock! Hard to believe, I know! Gasp! And, you know, I fully expect if there's any lefties accidentally listening to this part of the show, I apologize for sending you into a, a downward spiral requiring you to use logic rather than just crash the system that is your brain. But if you'll use logic, if you'll reboot real quick and apply your logic and your critical thinking, you will quickly come to realize that all the empirical data, all the actual data supports everything I'm saying. It supports what they're deciding to do in this situation. And it supports the notion, the idea, that the children in that school system are going to be safer than in any school system that's run by Democrats. So yes, some good news. I hope some more school systems follow suit, and that's going to have to be it for tonight. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for being here, especially if you listen to the end. No matter where you're listening from, remember to uh, support my sponsors as they support the show. And uh, don't forget to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, for any purchases over at fourpatriots.com. And don't forget to give a phone call over to uh, Gold Co., and uh, protect your wealth from the ravages of the democratic governmental control. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Goodbye, everybody. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon.